0: You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal Or measure them all by box office appeal But for once in your
1: life Be real! Welcome one and all to the podcast Be Real. Chance, you sort of hobbled in today, so I'll, I'll carry the intro. How are you? I'm Noah Ballard in Brooklyn. I'm fine. Everything's good.
0: I'm Chance. I'm in Portland. And, uh, you know, a cloud's appearing on the horizon of our podcast.
1: A storm cloud?
0: You, well, the cloud's in the shape of something specific. Any ideas? A
1: killer shark?
0: That's the one. Thanks, Peter, eventually. Oh, we are so here uh, for the second straight time, truly back on our bullshit, to discuss uh, three, movies, three shark movies that aren't Jaws, basically. Two summers ago, we recorded live from your bed. In Brooklyn, after we each paid like seventeen fifty to see the shallows or something.
1: Oh yeah, you were in New York, and we were hanging out. That was fun. We talked about deep blue sea. We talked about talked about Sharknado. We did a little bad movie
0: philosophizing, uh, and I think you know, not to tip our hand too far, but bad movie philosophizing is going to be a an element of today's show too. I would imagine.
1: Absolutely. I mean, with this sort of genre picture, it's so interesting to me because like Jaws, you know, I think is maybe one of the best films ever made. Yet all Jaws acolytes are not even in the same sport as like Jaws is. One could argue there are no other good shark movies. But is it just because like once you have Jaws, it's like that's it. And then everything else is like subtly hinting at it, whether it's the little dog in the, the Meg mic. called Peppin, Peppin, Peppin. Or the fact that the last names of the people uh, on the boat in open water are Kintner and uh, yeah, whatever the other girl, Chrissy Watkins. It's uh-huh. Kintner and Watkins. Yeah. Because yep. I mean, I was pretty excited going into this set of three. They're pretty watchable. You, you're, you're shaking your head now. No, I think that's true.
0: I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty okay. watchable.
1: I think this genre in, itself, like. It's it teeters on the line because it's they're horror movies and we agree that like horror typically is like good bad at best.
0: Right. They are on the shorter side and they are also on the lunatic side. So that lends itself to an inherent watchability.
1: Everything about like these movies all need like one like bigger lunatic kind of move, right? Right. And it's like so in the Meg you have the size of the shark. Yep. In open water, you have the fact that the whole fucking thing is, like, shot on, you know, your iPhone. Yeah. And has a pretty strange sort of story to tell based on a true story. And then, like, 47 meters down, it's like, are we really going to put Mandy Moore? or Yeah, Mandy Moore, like, 47 meters down and, like... What's going to happen? Are we going to kill like two young, beautiful women at the bottom of the ocean by these sort of predatory seeming men above who may or may not have gotten them into the situation on purpose? Who knows? But yeah, they all need some lunatic thing. So where do you want to start, buddy? I
0: think we should start with the Meg. Just came out. It was the number one movie in America opening weekend. So people saw it. There is still an appetite for shark movies. You've probably seen the trailer for this. The trailer was everywhere. I laughed every single time the scientist said, thought to be dead for 750 million years. And they go, wrong. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Every time they got me.
1: Can I say, though, like after having seen the Meg, and not to spoil it too much, but like most of the funnier moments and most of the biggest visual effects are in the trailer.
0: Oh, Totally. And it also needs to be said that no matter what we say about the Meg in the next like 10, 15 minutes, that we're going to have Caroline Moss, who is a delightful author uh, and writer on the show. And she is going to profess just a profound love for this film. So if Noah and I are like lukewarm, there's somebody coming up to defend it. If you like the trailer, like what you see is what you get. The shark is big. Jason Statham is uh, weathered but handsome. Um, you, it was certainly a movie, certainly a collaboration between the Americans and the Chinese.
1: Yeah. So it's Warner on one side of things, but then gravity pictures, which is a big Chinese media company on the other side. And then you have a mixture of like, looks like Italian and Chinese and American money all coming together in a movie that it's sort of ingenious. Like if you think about it on the marketing standpoint, like how this movie's constructed, like right. a lot of it is in English, but also a lot of it's in Chinese. Like mm-hmm. the cast is sort of very, very like it's, I would say one of the more, more diverse, like this budget level casts I've seen in a while. Yeah. And, I- but, but you know that it's not doing that in the crazy rich Asians sort of way. It's doing it because this movie needs to have legs in Asian markets.
0: And it has made almost triple the money overseas that it has in the US. So that's substantial. It's the its bet is paying off.
1: I bet that's interesting too for that market to see like a predominantly Asian cast in a movie that is an American property that like couldn't get off the ground for 15, 20 years or like whatever it was in. And then here's a new sort of bigger batter jaws that is otherwise can i say this one of the more boring movies i've seen this year my god it's megalodon he's kidding right
0: all right so let's get into turtle talk because this is directed We were laughing about this John Turtletop directed this movie Who started out doing like rom-coms And melodramas in the 90s Did like While You Were Sleeping And Phenomenon And slowly graduated into this sort of like Popcorn PG, PG-13 action space With like the National Treasure movies
1: Oh my god, yeah um, But it's like Why not give a movie with this budget Like a little bit It's like someone other than Like a Hollywood Yes Man director
0: Exactly
1: Like, this is so I mean, it's it's a weird PG 13, like not quite Disney, not quite sure who the star is kind of, you know, summer blockbuster movie. But it lacks that like charisma, like nobody on screen or behind the camera seems to have like any sort of charisma.
0: Turtletop has not realized he is making a movie about a monster from prehistory that is living below <laughs> like a sheet of, you know, frozen hydrogen and now is gonna like terrorize Shanghai slash Aquatica from Deep Blue Sea. Like that's right. a ridiculous proposition and you should lean into that. And he does not.
1: No, he, like, we spent about 30... So-, so the whole setup in this movie is that Rain Wilson, this billionaire a la uh, Samuel Jackson in uh, Deep Blue Sea, who's funding Alzheimer's research, instead the fruitless endeavor is going to a deeper place than the Marianas Trench, right? where they thought it was the ocean floor, but it may just be like a little cloud, a hydrogen.
0: Yeah, there's a new ecosystem down there.
1: And there's a new ecosystem. So, like, they have this billion dollar space station water thing and they go down and they realize it's true. Like, I mean, they don't seem terribly interested in anything they've discovered, but they know that it's interesting that they've gone through this hydrogen thing. But of course, you know, if you go into a new place, there's going to be some fucking terrifying predator there that hasn't seen humans. And it's sort of the, uh, Jurassic Parkian setup. Like mm-hmm. what does a huge fucking predator do when it has never interacted with humans before?
0: Right. But and it's also very funny to hear Jason Statham do his riff on the Goldblum speech, right? But instead of uh
1: before you had it, you had you tried to package it. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to sell it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um this is not some species that was wiped out by the uh, <laughs> building of a dam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. He just sort of has this sort of this great action movie cynicism to him where he's like, yeah. I don't quite care about the premise of whatever you want me to do here, and I know that you're going to ask me until I do it, so I'm going to do it and take the payday. But God damn it, I don't want to be here.
0: Well, and that's kind of in the script, too. His whole sort right. of like... This movie is, of course, founded on cliches that have been, like, you know, put forth in this genre for 40 years now. And the movie kind of knows that, but it also doesn't really know how to, like, step away from them in an elegant way or embrace them head on. And so there's sort of odd things like Jason Statham's chemistry with uh, Su Yin, who's played by uh, Lee Bingbing. She plays the daughter of the really well-respected doctor behind this Aquatica um, but then she herself is sort of like a jack of all, or I should say a master of many trades, right? She's like an expert pilot and a scientist herself and a mother and all of these things. But she and Statham have this dynamic where it's like they're trying to play on that classic like Jewel of the Nile and later right. like Jurassic World, like the man who's too macho, but like ends up learning something from the woman. But then like that's not their dynamic. There's like a moment late in the movie where uh, where uh, Su Yin's like you know, I, I really hope you survive. And he's like, at least we agree on something. It's like, you've been agreeing the entire movie. You've learned multiple <laughs> lessons from each other already. So, like, why are you falling back on this cliche that, like, you haven't even been using?
1: But if we can say for a second, it's, like, super weird that this movie forces them to be, like, in a relationship with each other, even though, like, the characters and the actors don't seem terribly interested in that being the case. He, when the little girl... Comes up and says like my mommy likes you Too Jason says like this is The worst day of my life and it's like (laughs) you Literally were in a nuclear submarine That like the crunched In on itself because of a megalodon And then nobody Believed you and you were ostracized From society and then The worst thing but the worst day you've ever Had is when you had an awkward Romantic encounter with the scientist Who would like probably be pretty good For you
0: I don't know He's looking great his torso is as chiseled as ever, and I do like the little bit where she's just like, "Oh, you should put some clothes on now." And he's like, "Yeah, that was my original plan."
1: <laughs> yeah, we go back to plan A there. Oh man. Um, they just don't have any Do you think they have any chemistry though?
0: I don't think anybody really has any chemistry, but like the movie is going for like a rather sort of heartfelt like the group is, you know, safety and friendship is in the group. Um but that's a weird choice because, like, you really want to see more people die, at least if it's not too bloodthirsty to say. Right. Not, not very many people die.
1: Well, that's. I think that's what I was alluding to earlier, the idea yeah. of how many people need to die in order for these movies to be satisfying. And I think The Meg, unlike maybe another movie we'll get into, breaks the rule of, like, not that many people die and like right. it, it's characters you don't know that well either and right. then some of them just die from like lame natural causes like nobody like nobody gets quinted in half you know with the blood squirting up the mouth that was a PG what a wonderful PG rating
0: Jaws was
1: yeah well I mean they got his revenge they got their revenge on Spielberg the uh, the ratings because they gave uh, temple of doom the first PG 13
0: oh there you go but enough about these people we need to talk about the shark, and I want to put forward a theory that I've actually had since I've seen the trailer. It's not that I wasn't excited for this movie, but I felt watching it because, boy, does the trailer not follow the Jaws model. You see a lot of the shark. Right. Um, it's too big. It's not scary. I think that the our fear of the predator in nature, cinematically and in real life, is all about... Dread and it right. sort of it relates To our own sort of corporeal sense Right like it is way Scarier to wonder like am I About to lose half my foot from a Shark bite than am I going to disappear Into the hundred foot maw <laughs> That is a PG-13 You know right giant monster it doesn't It's not scary because it's too It's like Too braggadocious
1: To have this kind of movie work you need to have The shark like in an area that like Everyone's in danger Right. Like And most of this movie is not there They're like 200 miles off the coast At this aquatic-like thing But then the whole interesting thing About Deep Blue Sea is the sharks Like start to destroy the spa- the, the station Yeah, they eat LL Cool J's bird This huge shark like can't get in And then like gives up on destroying The the water station And then yeah. swims around And they don't kill it a few times Until they irresponsibly let it get to shore
0: the shark is not helped by old uh, Tobby Top tab, Turtle Top because how often does he film it the fin submerging from like 50 feet away and slowly turning? He does that shot like 10 times and it's the least suspenseful way to film a monster. Cuz you
1: see it the whole time. You see it the whole time. And then let me talk about my least favorite sequence in the movie. Bring it. So about an hour into the hour 15 into the movie, they have captured and killed a large predator that supposedly uh, <laughs> injured some, some bathers. bathers. And they... This thing is huge. It's, what, 75 feet long, like, tons. Like, right. it must weigh tons. But Why... Can I,
0: can I tell you something? Please. But the fact is, the bite radius on that animal does not match the wounds on the victim.
1: <laughs> well, in fact, the fact that they swallow everyone whole... Right. like, <laughs> Um... But why? Like, how? What? Tell me the physics of how they got that like hundred ton beast on the back of that boat without sinking the boat.
0: It's nonsense. Well, and also, and that why did they
1: sh- do that at all?
0: And that shark is also bigger than any other shark in existence. So are we to believe that also came up from the, you know, the subzone or whatever?
1: Well, I think there were two sharks the whole time. I think that's like the big reveal and of the movie. And that's
0: some Lake Placid bullshit. Come on.
1: Oh, were there two alligators? I've never seen it.
0: Oh, well, spoiler alert. There were two the entire time. (laughs) Nice. It's a terrible twist.
1: But yeah, it's the, there were two the entire time, terrible twist, That turtle tob. Old
0: turtle two. Johnny the turtle two.
1: There were two of them turtle tob twists. (laughs) Timid Um. turtle (laughs) tob. Where's your tenacity, turtle Uh. tob? I mean, you joke, but a fair question. So what happens in the scene is the the big shark is, like, on the back of this boat that's somehow still afloat, and they're, like, taking photos with it, and then, like, it gets sort of this, like, weird fish-eyed, like, Dutch angle, and it's, like uh-oh, I hope the same thing that happened to Samuel Jackson at that climactic moment doesn't happen to this person. <laughs> and it's like, but there's no way that could happen because, like, this fish is fucking humongous and you would hear it coming. But, yeah, but it turns out that the fish can jump out of the water and it not only swallows the guy taking the pictures there, it eats the shark that's they've hooked up to the boat and then, like, sinks the boat. Mm-hmm. a stupid sequence it's visually ridiculous right it's and it looks so digital and like fake and dumb
0: but not in a fun way not like the uh when statham rides the spoiler alert what statham does to the shark at the end to ultimately do it in is very fun and very ridiculous and is fleetingly you realize how the entire movie should have been shot and like toned They really could have said or surmised anything about to give the shark some attitude, even some menace, um, some mystery. And this fucking prehistoric creature could have had wings. We don't care.
1: (laughs) Do whatever you want. Um, Well, that's the thing, too. Like, what is the creature's desire? You know, like. Right. If you're going to make it like a human then, like, give it, like, a weirder agenda. Like, the sharks in uh, Deep Blue Sea that are trying to, like, escape, which is awesome. Right. You know? But uh, ridiculous, but, like, awesome that they took that sort of swing. And then, or you go to the Jaws route where it's just, like, you know, a perfect eating machine. It eats, it sleeps, makes little sharks, you know, whatever. But it's neither. It's, like, it holds a grudge, but it's also, like, a big dumb whale.
0: Right. And so... As we sort of turn toward a rating here, I mean, I want to acknowledge that the, the the movie is, like, decently made. It's just, like, too decently made. Like, the sub dives are, like, interesting, and I like a lot of the actors, even though they're not asked to do anything. And, like, it's certainly beautiful down there in that, like, Poseidon world they created. But then you're just like, but then what is this movie? Is it a naturalist appreciation in the middle of a cartoon? Like, the things what's that are good thing? about it are, yeah, they don't jive with anything else.
1: Well, I think the movie misses some really key opportunities to, like, really sort of, because what's good about Jaws is, like, it gets into the culture of this town. And I think it would have been interesting to, like, profile that bay a little bit more.
0: Interesting, yeah. Or, you even know, the station. What's the culture around the station? Right.
1: Or, like, the people around there, because it would be a very diverse mix of like Western people writing checks and like Eastern people doing the actual stuff. Right. And yeah, we never really get into that. We never really see what the town is like. I think it, it misses like a real opportunity to show like a US audience, like, this is how the East does the beach. And that would have been interesting more Absolutely. than, you know, what it is now, where it's just like, oh, look at those weird things they're playing with in the water.
0: So we're going to have a, Carolyn Moss is coming up to speak about her just loving this movie and I'm open to it. I think there's a lot of things about it that are like almost good. I just don't think this was like the way to make this movie. And I'm, I'm parroting what a lot of other critics have said, but like, it's just, it is neither good enough nor bad enough to really sing out.
1: So why don't we go to our rating system? There is no ambiguity on be real. All movies can and will be classified by one of our four ratings. Good, good, bad, bad, good, bad, and bad, good. The first good or bad refers to sheer artistry. The second is pure entertainment. Good, good is
0: easy to explain. It's a movie that engages your inner art critic and brings you some form of happiness. For both reasons, you want to watch that movie again. Think Shawshank Redemption or Jurassic Park. (laughs) Or more recently, Get Out and Lady Bird.
2: That we know of yet.
1: Good, good movies make Noah hyperbolically say... That was the best movie I've ever seen. Bad, bad is easy, too. Movies that bring you neither stimulation nor joy. Basically, you just spent two hours wishing you could watch something else. Think of any musician-turned-actor who gave it a go in a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. I'll pass. Or many Nicholas Cage movies where he plays a wizard or a warrior.
2: You are going to be a force for good and a very important sorcerer.
1: Bad, bad movies make chance say... I hate so much that you made me watch that. Now, good,
0: bad movies. Those we recognize as worthwhile in a cinematic sense, but don't necessarily enjoy. Think Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, or Awards Bait that hinges on a historical figure delivering an impassioned speech. I have given you my soul. Leave me my name! These kinds of movies make Noah say, But it was so boring! And then I remind him that at least Leo finally got his Oscar for crawling through all that mud. Conversely, bad good
1: movies feed your thoughtless inner child. They're anything from flawed but charming Nancy Myers outings,
2: I'm miraculously done being in love with you,
1: to late career missteps like Al Pacino and Danny Collins. They're loud and silly, like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China or Stargate. Saw on the reflexes.
0: Bad good movies make me want to watch Tombstone, especially when Noah says, But didn't the Mighty Ducks just give you that warm
1: holiday feeling?
0: Got all that? Now buckle up, because you're about to hear two friends who watch movies for very different reasons talk about their taste like it's God's own truth.
1: I have to say, like, I had, I gave this movie like a wide berth.
0: A megalodon
1: sized berth? I did. And because I saw this movie on like a Friday afternoon after a half day at work, and I, I, I had nowhere else to be. It was great. And this movie was so fucking boring. And I could like predict everything that was coming. And there were so many like stupid loose ends that could have been interesting scenes. Like the ex wife being like, yeah, like have sex with that Asian woman. Like I don't care. Like y- you don't want to have them like, have a more interesting relationship than like totally fine with each other. You know, it's just, it was so like by the numbers and safe. It -hmm. was like the ultimate Jonathan Turtle Thomas is a PG 13 director at his worst. And I think it's a bad, bad. I think it, I'm going to give it a good, bad. Like I get out of here. What? I mean, it's not a well, it is a boring movie. Okay. It's well made in like the most, but even like in some of the scenes, there. are Are shots that like don't line up with Shots after it Like there's this scene that's so contrived With the dog in the water And you think the dog gets eaten But the dog's actually fine And it swims back And it's like my wedding's not ruined anymore I found my dog Peppin And There's like a shot where they're like Picking the thing out of the water And then the next shot is them like Taking wedding photos Which was clearly like Filmed at a completely different time And that's the last shot of the movie And that's annoying Not a well-made movie, big guy. No, you're right. Okay, I'll give it a bad bad.
0: Nice. But I don't know. Let's see what Carolyn Moss has to say.
1: What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing?
2: It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil.
1: Thought to have been extinct for
2: over two million years. Wrong.
0: Our guest today is a writer who co-authored the book Hey Ladies and is published in the New York Times, Cosmo, New York Magazine, and other places, and is such a big fan and avowed fan of The Meg that she was recommended to us by someone else who knew how much she loved it. Caroline Moss, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, my God, what an intro. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know what to say. I I mean, it's just kind of, you know, I love The Meg. What what else is there? Uh, I'm so happy to accept this award. That's... (laughs)
0: That's the single sentiment that I want to unpack on today's program. Um, let me ask you this before we just get into the simple why question. Were you anticipating loving the Meg?
2: No, I was anticipating hating it, which only makes my love stronger. Um,
0: That's amazing. I can, kind of,
2: I can kind of take you back to the day that I saw it. Um, Please. So, you know, it's a really hot day. So I'm, I'm in New York City. Um, my friend messages me maybe like 2 weeks prior to the Meg opening and she's like she DMs me and she's like do you want to see the Meg and then I didn't see the DMs like 4 days and I was like and then 4 days later I'm like yeah okay sounds good like what day she's like August 9th I'm like all right cool sounds good or maybe it was a different I think it was August 9th and um and I said you know get two tickets one for me one for my fiance because I like didn't I like just knew the Meg was about a shark and yeah. I, I get home and I, my fiance like stops me in my tracks. She's like, you know, I hate scary movies. I'm not going to see The Meg. And I was like, it's not going to be that scary. This is also somebody who would not sit through Get Out. Like he was very afraid of Get Out, um, oh, wow. which okay. I think was was it was it was scary, but like in a psychological way. Like you can, right. you're gonna like you're you're like a white dude. Like you're gonna be okay sitting through Get Out. You know what I mean? You're the and,
0: antagonist. And, You'll be fine. Right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think it just you know just scared him a little, um, too much and. So he was like, no, I'm not going to the Meg. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going, but I'm, but I'm like, and I love a scary movie, but I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be that scary. Like I liked Jaws as a kid, but I wasn't like a Jaws head. And, um, and we get to the movie theater and it's like not, you know, we got these tickets in advance and it's still not sold out. And I'm like, ugh, you know, that never, that never feels good. Right. When you're like there, like on opening weekend and like, it's not sold out. Like we were in times square, like it should have probably been sold out. And, um, And I just hadn't been anticipating liking it at all. I was just like, I'm going to the movies with my friend. It's like something to do on a Thursday night, and I just like really had a blast. I loved every second of it, um, and and I was it was it, it was delightful because I don't. This is not the kind of movie I usually go see. Um, it's definitely not the kind of movie I would spend like sixteen fifty to see. And mm-hmm. I'm 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 sort of solid in my taste and i'm like well this is you know this isn't for me i can look at a movie and say like i wouldn't like it and i kind of you know with the meg stepped out of my comfort zone and found that i'm a meghead um (laughs) i i i thought it was so fun like there was i just thought it was such a fun movie
0: did you find did you find it refreshing like how just sort of there's something it really like wears on its sleeve. This kind of like I am a low commitment summer popcorn yeah. shark movie. Did that speak to you?
2: Oh, absolutely. Like I love a low stakes film, and like I, you know, I mean, I loved Book Club. Like with, oh, yeah. like, you know, that, there's like there's like nothing tense about Book Club. Um, right. And I was like, this is. This is Oscar. I hope it gets lots of awards. Um, So with the Meg, I felt like it kind of brought back this feeling of like, you know, it's not and I and there's nothing wrong with it. But like, it's one of the few movies right now in this news cycle, in this day and age where I'm going to the movies and I'm not going to walk out with like a political message. Like I read the news, like I know what's going on. I don't need a metaphor um, and I felt that this was sort of like a, it sort of evoked this feeling of like carefree summer blockbuster that I don't typically engage in. And it was it was great. Like there's nothing like also the funny thing about this movie is while it does creep up on you and while there are, like, really crazy parts where you're like, oh, holy crap, like, oh, my God. Like, you definitely know what's coming at least, like, four minutes before it happens. Like, it is oh, very yeah. obvious. Like, my uh-huh. friend and I kept turning to each other. Like, I won't give any spoilers to anybody who's on the fence about seeing the Meg, but my friend okay. and I kept turning to each other and we are like, okay, so within the next 30 seconds, this is going to happen. And then we'd be right. And that was, like, fun. So, yeah, there was something about it that I just think that, like, has been lost in, the, in, in a genre of... A type of movie magic that I'm just like not ever really invested myself in, and it was really nice.
0: That's great. Did you enjoy or do you enjoy like Jason Statham
2: as an actor? No, he's like not a pull for me at all. Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like um. I don't know how to like this like I could probably so I've lived in New York for a decade and I've seen like two famous people, which can't be true. I've probably seen many famous people and just did not recognize them. And Uh there are so many people in my life who if I'm like going on a walk around the city with will like walk past one person, they're like, Oh, that's like that person and I'm like, Real is it? Really? And that's I like wouldn't know Jason's face Jason face them if he like hit me in the face. Like I probably honestly couldn't pick a boat out of a lineup today. After even after seeing them, but like, <laughs> so I I don't know. He just did nothing for me. But but like that was the that was the draw that my friend tried. She was like Jason Statham's in it, and I was like, cool. I'll like googling Jason Statham, like who is Jason Statham? Um, oh, she's a middle-aged so yeah, ball, no. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, sure. That sounds good. Yeah. So that wasn't a draw for me at all. But I actually really loved how deeply feminist the movie was. Like, all of the women were smart. And like, the dudes were sort of, like, bumbling. And I'm yeah. always here for that. So that was, that was fun, too. But yeah, no, it wasn't like, I see every day in the movie. Um, I, I, I have to say, I'm, I I was really there for the shark, you know. Um. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that was, that's where I fall. That's where I fall on that, on that topic.
0: Let's talk about the Meg, which I'm now realizing in the podcast you recorded, I feel like one of the fun things about the Meg is that Jason Statham says, it's a Megalodon, and it's not clear why he would think that an extinct species at first sight would be what it is, but he right. does. He knows. Um, and that's so the beauty like of the Meg. The
2: not a ton yeah. of mystery. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, all not right. Not even a scientist. <laughs> no, not even a scientist. Just Jason Statham. Um... Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, I like. How do you feel about the fish? Yeah, I feel so good about it, and (laughs) I love that they call it the Meg because I like to imagine that the shark's name is Meg,
0: and that's
2: that's, that. I think that was the kind of overall feeling of most people. I just think it's like much funnier that way. Um, Like I love I. I don't know how to describe it, but but the fact that they did try very hard, they they like they didn't. It's kind of weird. Like, like what I liked about this movie was that there, wa- there weren't, a, like, a ton of plot holes. Like, nothing, like, totally made sense. But, like, the way they presented everything was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, right. Like, through, like, the haze of the ocean, like, we will now go under and, like, there's a whole other world. And I, I was like, I believe that. That's cool. Um and, and, like, I think I sort of submitted myself to be like, sure, like, an extinct species named Meg <laughs> is like back and like ready for action and uh i thought they did I thought, I thought there were so many i thought what they did with the fish what they did with trying to um convey the magnitude of the fish in several different twists and turns in the movie was extremely gratifying and entertaining um even though i saw all of it coming i was like mm-hmm. really i was very happy that i was right every time cuz every time my friend Casey and I would look at each other and be like, this is going to happen. It was because we wanted it to happen. And so
0: that
2: it did, that all of our, that the whole entire movie was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy for us was, was, (laughs) was wonderful. And I wanted more of the fish, like my, like more Meg. I think I would, that would be my one criticism. Like, let's do more Meg.
0: What Um, is, what do you think Meg's like end game was?
2: Definitely. Does she have one? uh, Well, you know, Meg, just, she's just a quiet girl She was just looking for love no i think i think that if there like i said there were not a ton of metaphors in this movie there was one it's rain wilson clearly playing elon musk and i think right. that um the meg if the meg is going to come back for anybody irl or in a movie uh it's going to be an elon musk type so i mean Absolutely. i think that and i think that end game is pretty clear like no more tech dudes. Um, like let's, <laughs> you know. And I and I do hope Elon Musk sees the Meg and maybe sets his sights below the surface of the ocean, and maybe gives mm. space a break and give space a break for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I feel like the end game was just like you know you can smell a tech dude from Silicon Valley is like, you know, a mile away, and she knew, mm-hmm. she, knew she had to come back. She had she had work to do, you know, unfinished business.
0: Climbing on a whale carcass. I mean, that's especially attractive to a shark that size, I would think.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. See, see, it all wraps up. You get it.
0: (laughs) There are are no holes in this movie whatsoever. (laughs) There's there's Um, none. (laughs) What else am I missing? Where else does your affection go in this film?
2: So, I didn't do, like, a ton of Googling, and I didn't do, like, a ton of research. I, like, truly am a... Like someone who got their like sixteen dollars worth. Um, yeah. But was it was it a, like a joint production from like a Chinese film studio and an American film studio?
0: That is exactly right. In a okay. in a collaborative sense, like that we maybe haven't seen really. I mean, like lots of summer blockbusters have kind of obligatory scenes where it's like, and now we talk to the Chinese scientists to make this movie more marketable. But this really felt like a two hander.
2: Yeah, I think that that was why it was so enjoyable. I felt that, like, there were tropes in this movie that were very obviously tropes, but not ones that I was super used to. And maybe that was because it wasn't, like, 100%, you know, the American Hollywood version of how things go. And mm-hmm. I, thought that that, I thought that that was, like, super refreshing. And I think we should do more of that. Um, but I thought the casting was, like, impeccable. I thought it was, like, really, really great. And... um yeah, I have, like, zero complaints. I really want this to win the Oscar for best for, best, for best. I don't know, you know, if it's going to be the Meg's year because sometimes, you know, it gets pretty competitive at the Oscars, but I'm really hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful going in. What did you What did you think of it?
0: Well, so this is how I feel. I've We've already done the show, and I feel like I've gone and taken it a little too seriously. Um, okay. But I, I felt the whole time like it was, like, really like proficiently made in a in a way that I enjoyed but didn't really like stick with me but I feel like when I have criticisms like the shark wasn't scary which I, I it wasn't scary um right but maybe the whole maybe like it's not even gunning for like a an emotion like that stomach deep maybe it was just supposed to be like pure pleasure you saw this you podcasted for 17 minutes about why you liked it and you never thought about it again
2: that's but that's truly like that's I have not felt that way about a lot of movies like I either like either something sticks with me for a long time or I'm like like when I saw like Aronofsky's mother I was like I cannot believe I just wasted that many hours of my life but like with this it's like yeah okay like like Sometimes things don't have like for me at least I was just like maybe things don't have to be any deeper than than what they are on the surface, which is a great tagline for the Meg. And um that's how <laughs> and that's how I felt about this movie. I was just like, that was fun. I kind of imagined it like um I when I used to go to the Cape uh like on family vacation, there was this spot where um the town would like put up a like a big and you could it was called the dive in and mm-hmm. you could you could bring floats into the water and watch a movie while you're in the in the lake or whatever oh, yeah and they would play jaws like once a year and that was really fun to like watch jaws and like be in the water it was fun for a little bit and then you, you would really honestly freak out and you'd get out even though you were in a lake
0: well yeah little kids die in that movie
2: yeah, in in ponds. So like they're like hey, hey, like good own like we'll show that movie. But like the Meg would be perfect for something like that. It's perfect for a plane ride. Oh, like if the if the Meg was on my next cross country flight, I'd probably watch it again. But like will am I like telling everybody they need to see it for like some sort of art uh, message? No, but I still think it's really fun. Like what better movie to see in the middle of August? You know. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I've now committed almost 17 minutes, like explaining how much I love this movie, which I feel is surprising even to me. But no, I, I loved it, and, and 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 like I'm like really excited that Joe. I said this would be a good fit because I feel really
0: good about it. <laughs> Me too, because I know she's written like essays about like the nature, the romantic nature between like the unfathomable deep and man about shark movies. And I feel like this was a great sort of like you know what Caroline just loves how big this goddamn shark is. So let- why don't you hop on the horn with her? Uh, doesn't know shit about the ocean or Jason Statham. loves the movie. Uh, yeah, that's my
2: that's my platform, and I'm sticking to it.
0: That's great. Well, your three-week anniversary with the movie has got to be coming up, so congrats on that. It's
2: incredible. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, well, Caroline, this was a pleasure. Thanks a lot.
2: You too, can I want to make a toast. Thank you so much for bringing me on vacation. Cheers. Seriously, you have to try. It's totally safe. Welcome aboard. I don't know about this. Adios. Oh, God.
0: So 47 Meters Down came out last summer. It is currently streaming on Netflix and it's, you know, 80 minutes long. So highly watchable if you want to toss that John on. Um, it uh, directed by Johans Roberts. Do we know this guy from anything else? I'm betting I not. I can't
1: say that I do, but the movie so has such gall at the beginning to introduce it as Johan Roberts's 47 Meters Down.
0: Okay, he made the strangers pray at night. That was a mo- That was a horror movie that wasn't very well reviewed that came out this year.
1: So he did something since. And he's also doing Forty Seven Meters Down, the next chapter.
0: Which hopefully will be about Matthew Modine coloring blonde into his white hair.
1: <laughs> God, Modine, you guys are tough on Modine.
0: I I was overjoyed with Matthew Modine's performance in this movie.
1: Um, he's not in it for any of it. <laughs> no. But he wears, he
0: really ties a bandana around his head for some reason at one point. So Claire Holt and Mandy Moore play these two sisters
1: who are vacationing in Mexico. Did you think for half a second that they were dating? No. I thought at the beginning of the movie, the movie's very strangely like amateurish in its production value. Is that fair to say? Yes. A Johans Roberts tradition. Right. And I thought they were like a couple And then she calls her sis, which I then thought maybe they were like pals. And then it wasn't until like 15 minutes into the movie when they're on the boat that I realized that they were sisters.
0: That's right. One of them is confident and good at everything and so flirty. And the other one's heartbroken about Stuart.
1: Yeah, Um, you can only guess that the latter is Mandy Moore.
0: She, you know, so they're having sort of a Mexico resort-ish, fairly sheltered good time. You know, they're dancing a little bit, drinking. They meet these two guys. Mandy Moore reveals that, like, oh, my boyfriend Stuart broke up with me, but I want to tell you because you're always the more fun sister, and now I have nothing left in the world. And then she says Stuart's name a lot. Um, but then they meet those two guys, and they go out dancing and drinking, and the guys are like, hey, we got to go shark diving. We know this guy named Taylor. He was in Full Metal Jacket. You're going <laughs> to love him. Um, but, yeah, they go shark diving, and, uh, you know, their cage –
1: Anti-shark cage. You go in the cage. That's right. goes in the water. Sharks in the water are shark.
0: So, yeah, they fall. They fall. The, the, the winch breaks on the boat, uh, Matthew Modine's boat, and the sisters fall in the shark cage 47 meters down to the, to the floor, to the sea floor where it is uh, pitch dark, and the sharks are circling overhead, and they're running out of oxygen, and you have a very intense... Short-term premise that attempts to make good Over like, I don't know, 55 to 60 minutes One of the things I love about this movie And I mean it's because it's terrible Is that I feel like shark movies That only (laughs) want to get to the sharks They have such sea legs Around any time spent on land Because it was like the filmmakers didn't understand That they'd have to characterize these people Before they did the thing with the sharks And so it's just... It's ridiculous. They're sort of like meeting Modine and talking about Stewart, and the whole reason they do this incredibly sort of dangerous, sketchy thing is to, imp- to hope that Stewart sees an Instagram photo to the point where they're drowning in the bottom of the sea, and one of them is like, "You think? So what do you think Stewart would think if he saw this?" And it's like, "Stop talking about this man you need to who get is over not, this guy <laughs> who is
1: not pictured in the film." Stop. He's only represented with, like, a text message towards the beginning. She's like, I'm in Mexico. I don't care about you. And he's like, I hope you're having a nice time.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it was him. her being like, I miss you, XOXO. And he's just like,
1: your stuff is by the door. <laughs> right. He's like, I've moved my stuff out. I hope you're having a good time.
0: Fucking Stuart's Stuart.
1: Look what you drove them to do, Stuart. It, it is Stuart's fault. Like, ultimately, like, when... Well, that's what's the problem with this movie, because ultimately it's a morality tale about this this contrived breakup, when it right. should be just about getting to <laughs> these sharks and the premise around it. Like, I think you give them a little bit more oxygen, just to start out with.
0: Yeah, Stuart needs to be on the trip, and he needs to get fucking dismembered by sharks.
1: Right, he needs to come down and save them, and then, like, get snapped, like Raul does.
0: Right. Um, but it's the same thing with the shallows, right? Like that's another like 83 minute movie that opens with her, like skyping with her sister. And she's like, hi sis, I'm a med student and I'm pretty much free from all societal obligations right now. I'm going to shark beach. Like the, <laughs> the, the windups <laughs> these movies are but that's so like a funny. Funnier,
1: but that's like such a more clever, I think. I mean, if you compare and contrast the, the two of them, uh, the shallows and 47 meters down, that one's so much more like interesting. Like that director, what's that guy's name? Uh, jean Calais Sarra. Oh yeah, he, I mean his visual style is just so much more like like arrogant, and this one's just like campy, yeah, in a way that like the choices, the choices that are made are not. They're too safe. Like, a better movie in this would just, like, cut out the breakup altogether, have them going out and on the boat and, like, things be tense and make it about, like, the sort of sexual predator nature of this situation. And then when they get underwater, have no dialogue whatsoever and just have them have them figure out with their hands. That's a fucking good movie.
0: Yeah, but you're right. I mean, God, the shallows look so good compared to any of these movies, (laughs) especially this one. Yeah. you gotta have some light down there You know what helps movies is uh, The the visible light spectrum
1: Right Well the movie makes the mistake of having the um, Cage they're in like have lights on it But like not facing in, facing out Right So it sort of disorients the camera work In that like everything's very dark You know, and it's it's, I mean, it's an interesting style, but it doesn't create for you. really don't know. You both know how vast the space is there in, but like cannot appreciate it because you can see like 40 feet in every direction. It's like, it just looks like you're in Little Mermaid right now. And then there's the issue of the characters,
0: too, which Lisa and what's her name? Kate.
1: Kate, don't swim up too fast. You get the bends. They talk so much about the bends. The Benz is, yes, a serious thing. And what keeps them from, like, there are certain situations where they could just fucking swim to the top. But Matthew Modine is like, don't do it. You're going to get the Benz. Three different the times. Bends...
0: Need I remind you, you could get nitrogen bubbles on your brain. Hello, Kate, are you there? Don't. The Benz.
1: Right. Well, there's so many things that could go wrong, and they, it turns out they all do. Save for the really the Benz, but I guess she probably does get the Benz cause they pull her up like very quickly. Yeah. Anyway, what my point about the Benz is that like the Benz is not a disease that you are an ailment that you will die from like immediately. The Benz is something that you need to treat over the course of several weeks. It's like a concussion, you know, yeah. it's not something you want, but it's not something that's like, if you come up too quickly, your head's going to fucking explode. <laughs> it's like, if you come up and then don't seek medical treatment in like a week you're probably like in pretty bad shape. Whereas not having air of 47 meters underwater will kill you a hundred out of a hundred times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking about this movie is that Lisa and Kate are neither sort of like different enough. Nor likable enough to like give you a real like rooting interest. Like I kept thinking, there's a reason that like Shelley Winter is not the hero of Poseidon Adventure because in the s- stupid action movie genre, the person who fearfully complains the whole time is supposed to get it. They're not right. your hero. They're the one who dies because they're too scared.
1: I just think this movie like clearly h- suffers from. Like overbearing director syndrome, where you can tell, like the take that we saw, is sort of like you ever seen um, Lost in Translation, where Bill Murray is doing the whiskey ad, and the director keeps going, "Yes, but this time more intensity." <laughs> It just sort of feels like that, but like at the totally wrong moments. He's like, this time when you pull on your leg that doesn't move with more intensity. This time when you call out Stuart's name, more intensity. (laughs) You know, when the shark actually like bumps into you, like that was fine. Right, right. So I want to turn a corner though.
0: I find this movie short and like fairly watchable, especially just the like the cojones on the twist at the end
1: which like yes you see coming but like i didn't see that coming but i thought it was a bad twist when they
0: fake it to this well i didn't i liked it because it actually felt like the whole time i was like this seems like a story of people who wouldn't survive these people are doomed they seem like me (laughs) um and so like you have the thing where like modine is just like you know, in this fantasy, hurling the flotation donut like hundreds of yards. He's like, come on. And then <laughs> we'll like this, pull you g- in. this great white shark like bites off half of her like
1: rib cage. Yeah, they like, she in still makes it by the time they get back to the boat.
0: But then spoiler alert for 47 meters down.
1: She's just, like, tripping on nitrous oxide or whatever. That's right. He didn't
0: warn her about the bends a half dozen times for no reason. She's down at the bottom being, No, like, the
1: bends and the uh, nitrogen, nicrosis, or whatever, is different. What? Nitrogen narcosis, a drowsy state induced by breathing air under higher than atmospheric pressure, for example, in deep sea diving. It's oh, not the shit. change in... It's not the change in pressure, like the bends is.
0: I stand corrected.
1: Yeah. Inert gas narcosis, raptures of the deep. is what it's <laughs> colloquially known as. <laughs> like when Modine is
0: uh, kicking back a few coronas at the local cantina that night, he's like, "Yeah, I had a couple people to get raptures of the deep today. <laughs> didn't end. Didn't end well."
1: <laughs> I would love to see the sequel where it's just like Modine, just like trying to not get arrested for whatever. <laughs> you for know, not, but for it, his Winch not being up to code? Right, and then he like falls for like a young señorita, who he of course calls señorita just to show that he's bilingual. Right. And then the title of the movie could be "Raptures of the Deep." You'd be like out of the past, but like for per- uh, for committing like negligence.
0: <laughs> <on the> deep. <laughs> All right, so we either give that one to Modine or we do a spinoff podcast ourselves. Um, I think this movie's bad. Bad chance. I think it's bad. Good. I was I I like giggled over and over and over watching this movie, but like mostly because it was terrible.
1: <laughs> it's just like a little too again like same thing with the Meg. Like it's a little too self aware to be fully campy. Uh, bad, bad. Well,
0: maybe I'll take my Meg rating back to good. Bad. I like that we're don't, not on the same page with these.
1: Don't do it. All right, I won't do it. You can do whatever you want.
0: Ready to talk about Open Water?
1: 2003. Can we just talk a little bit about the production of this movie? I would love you to do that. So this movie was made for like what? Under uh, under $200,000. Yeah. Most of it was spent on the shark wrangler. I bet. For the scenes with the sharks. And otherwise this movie was just sort of a labor of love shot over the course of two and a half years just
0: borrowed his mom's video camera took some scuba lessons (laughs) hired a shark wrangler
1: and made a movie (laughs) i guess and yeah then it they it was submitted to sundance and somebody liked it there and then it came out and it made 55 million dollars in the box office
0: it would be interesting to actually to see a like since 2000 what's the biggest percentage profit on a budget you would have to think this would be up there
1: this and, like, um, Paranormal...
0: Actually, I'm sure Paranormal blew this the hell out of Paranormal the Paranormal Activity, that was definitely million Blair
1: a Witch, you know, things like that. but Things yeah. that are made for low budgets. But this movie is interesting because, like, whereas Paranormal Activity, the conceit of it was that you're watching security footage and, like, found footage. The And Blair Witch is, like, the guys holding the camera. And even, like, you know, um, Cloverfield, the original had the conceit of like, I'm holding the camera. This one is just a movie made on a shitty camera.
0: Yeah. There's no character holding a camera.
1: No, it's just, this is the like consumer prosumer grade Sony camera that they got. And they shot this thing on mini DV,
0: right? You texted me and we like, yeah, the whole thing's in the aesthetic of a home movie. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I mean, they are floating in the water for 24 hours. Um, but then I started and I was like, wait, it's filmed like a home movie when they're like packing up their laptops. Like, this is weird. Yeah, f- even when again, they're getting in
1: the car. It's like very f- Steven Soderbergh of this time.
0: For a different reason than 47 Meters Down, but the same part of the movie. The first 15 minutes are so weird.
1: Other people go on vacations and spend their
0: days slaying around. They have a story we're going to be telling for the rest of our lives.
2: the boat
0: that's a good question
2: as we are stuck in the middle of the ocean
1: oh god oh Oh, it's okay it's okay and like there's that thing that when you shoot something on digital that you don't have that same sort of suspension of disbelief movie magic thing that when like someone's giving an instructional sort of Speech on like how to scuba dive And then like a character actor comes out And it's just like oh I forgot my mask I can't go into the water without my mask You're not gonna let me go into the water And it's like what are you doing guy? What's going
0: on? Yeah well Kentis the director Committed really hard to an aesthetic choice But I can't tell if it's Helping him or ruining him Because when you commit to the aesthetic choice He's not a good enough director To then inflect Any moments in the film. So, the all too fateful moment where they get left behind, there's no feeling of dread, there's no feeling of uh, poetry, there's no feeling of fate converging. It's just a guy with a clipboard and he's like, Well, I think we're good. And it's like, Well, you, you, he's not good enough to do any kind of visual commentary when the filmmaking is this lo fi.
1: Yeah, his only way to show us that these people have been forgotten is to, like, zoom in closer and closer onto, like, a tally of people getting on and off the boat. Right. And it's, like, but it just makes you think, like, why don't you just count everyone that's on the boat? Like, not the people that got off the boat. Count the people that are physically on the boat now and the people that were physically on the boat when you, like, got them onto the boat.
0: So, our people. What do we think of our
1: our two floaters? we understand pretty quickly in the car with them driving to this resort that is not a good resort. And like, they were supposed to go on a different vacation. It's unclear, but you know, at the beginning that they like the husband's pissed. Cause like the wife has maybe a better job than he does. And is like clearly busy a lot Mm -hmm. and always taking work calls to find producers to like go to something on short notice. And they like aren't sleeping together even though there's like some pretty unnecessary nipple shots but this movie at the beginning has i think some interesting moments like i really liked the scene where they were up with the light on and like he kills the fl- or he tries to kill the fly yeah like i thought but that's using the camera well like right. that's a soderbergian kind of shot like that's true. i mean Movies like Bubble and all that shit are terrible But like at least he was trying something interesting visually And I think when the movie understands that it's Like you have a crappy camera bro Like don't try to do these like facial close-ups and stuff Yeah But then like we actually get onto the boat And there's like some really goofy acting And like suddenly they're in the water And just like bickering more And it's like I don't understand like why you two Who are you? Where did you come from? Where are you now? Are they supposed to be in Australia?
0: Uh, I thought the Caribbean.
1: Because the original, the people it's based on, it was in Australia. Oh, okay. So wouldn't, like, the 20-hour flight would have been, like, part of this process? (laughs) Anyway, maybe they're just in the Caribbean. Yeah. But, like, when they get in the water, they're just kind of bickering, like, oh, there's two boats. Like, which one should we swim to? Like, let's swim to neither and drown. And that's (laughs) basically the rest of the movie.
0: This is the... You know, I really can't think of a movie that more gestures you into the shoes of the people, right? You've got nothing to think about in this movie except what would I do? And what you would do, I think, is probably not what they would do. I would swim toward one of the boats. There's, like, a very weird moment where he's just like, that could be miles away. And it's like, well, you're entirely fucked, so you might as well... And then they, like, almost to that buoy at the end, and they just, like, quit.
1: Yeah. They give up on that buoy pretty quickly. Well, the buoy would also indicate that they're in like a shipping lane. And should so really,
0: really get to the buoy then, in that case.
1: Get to the buoy to either call attention or get to the buoy so you don't get fucking flattened by a freighter coming through. Right. But anyway, there's a lot of sort of interesting logistical holes in this movie. Um, but the two of them are like in the water. The thing, too, is like how far could they really be from shore? You know, like they went on a day excursion, and they only had thirty five minutes on their thing right? Like, why would they wouldn't be in a boat for two hours? Like they're not hundreds of miles. They're not in like the sequest or whatever that thing is called a good in the point. meg. If
0: you're only allowed like, to go down for forty minutes, you wouldn't be on a boat for four hours,
1: right. So why wouldn't they just at some point, like after an hour, be like, "Well, the sun's over there." So the coast is that way. Let's start swimming to the coast.
0: And they have life jackets. It should be said. It took me forever to figure out they weren't treading water. Um, right.
1: But if you because that a life you jack- die instant. Yeah, you I die way faster. Dead in
0: a half hour. Um, right. But yeah, why wouldn't you just back kick somewhere? It's it's weird. Um,
1: but that's why people. So when it comes to this uh, story. And the one it's based on There is some conjecture That these people like Either staged their own like fake deaths Or they like went out there to die Because there There was no indication But then they found this note On that buoy that's portrayed Out there that says like Please help us You know we we were on this boat at this time And now it is this time Help us or we will die Holy shit And so maybe that was just to throw off the scent. Apparently the insurance policies for these real people were never cashed. So who's to say, but that's, what's interesting about this movie. I can, if I can nitpick a little is the idea that it was marketed on this, like based on a true story. Yeah. And it's like, it's based on a true story that people got dumped in the fucking water and left for dead, but it's not like, we don't know much about these people and what happened to them in the majority of when the film takes place, which is after the boat leaves.
0: Do we think that the real man at some point lost his mind and started doing just the worst Jack Nicholson impression? Right. That, that I just, I laughed to high heaven when, you know, cause they've been going through this sort of like, you know, it makes sense. They're starving to death. They're covered in salt water. They're kind of like, what, where the fuck are we? Like, is this your fault? Da, da, da. But at some point, Daniel Travis reaching for a note that he is an octave away from hitting um, is just like, everyone hey, well, know the worst part, babe, that we paid for this trip. <laughs> it's just like that would never cross your mind as you were dying that you'd like show that a couple hundred bucks. Well,
1: then- Yeah, they paid for that, and he was also, like, pissed that they, like, had another week that they were supposed to go. I thought it was going to, like, be revealed that they had, like, just called off their, like, wedding or honeymoon or something. That would have been interesting. Like, but there was some reason that they were there at that time, and that wasn't the optimal time, and, like, the hotel room was kind of shitty, and they made mention of that. And, like, the air conditioning didn't work. Like, there was some reason they had to go on this cheapo trip. But I think... My favorite line of the whole movie. I texted this to you chance once. Well, let's, uh... Yeah, honey, I love you, but let's get out of this puke. <laughs> Cuz she like she's bobbing up and down pretty good in the waves and she pukes like wow, he's underwater and then like the the camera gets all like cloudy and you're yeah. like what happened? And then it's like oh, she puked. That's sick.
0: She didn't know that you weren't supposed to drink salt water. This is the other yeah. end of uh, right. Claire Holt knowing that chumming was illegal in the particular... Uh, right.
1: Wait, you're not supposed to drink salt water by the, by the handful? Interesting. Uh,
0: we gotta talk about the sharks. The we
2: didn't even really talk about
0: the sharks in 47 Meters Down either. Oh, God. We should not be allowed to do this podcast. So the sharks in this movie are real. They're small, but they're real and they really like the, you can tell that they are wrangled, right? Because they keep doing that sort of like almost out of the water shutter. Like somebody has just like thrown a piece of food. Like sharks don't normally do that.
1: Oh, I don't know from sharks, but like if a shark did that in front of me, like apropos nothing, like that'd be fucking scary. Because they're not like little, little, they're like three or four feet long. I really base everything off
0: Megalodon these days, but you know these, these right. are like six foot long sharks. You would not want to be bitten. It was the ca- by it's the one. kind of
1: sharks that you'd probably encounter if you were to encounter a shark, which is I think the scariest part about it. Whereas like the the you know if you want to talk about the sharks in forty seven meters down, like those are like e- again like evil sharks there, and they're not as big as maybe Jaws, right. but they're definitely bigger than, and they're coming in hot.
0: Well and I I'm like a s I I aiii am am a shark person. And so like part of the reason I like the shallows what is
1: What does that mean?
0: I don't know. How many different species how many different species of sharks can you name?
1: Mako it's a tiger a shark. <laughs> it's a tiger shark. A what? I can't name that many. You know like a lot of shark names? I don't know, twenty. You can name name me twenty shark names.
0: Alright.
1: shark. Steve Shark. shark. <laughs> Brian Shark Street Shark. <laughs> Street shark. That's like that show with the... What's the show with the pumped up sharks who like wear sharks. pants? <laughs> Blue shark,
0: bull shark, great white, hammerhead, tiger, mako,
1: a lemon. What? Lemon.
0: Whale, basking, nurse, sand tiger. Sand tiger is just... You just put two of them together. Nope. That's true. It's a real thing. Um... White tip reef shark, black tip reef shark. <laughs> that <laughs> was like out of here fourteen. With your
1: tipped reef sharks. All
0: I'm saying, buddy, is that. Uh,
1: what kind of sharks were these then, huh? These were reef sharks. Sure. Um, uh, they, do they eat people? They really don't, but they
0: can get into a feeding frenzy, which is what happens here. But th- so this is what I'm saying. Part of the reason I like Jaws and I like the shallows is they make that weird attempt at like the solitary perfect great white predator, right? Sure. 47 meters down is nonsense because great white sharks don't come near each other and there's like 20 of them, right? So that's like, that's idiotic. This is, this seems real, uh, but part of the reason they're not scary is the the guide is right. Reef sharks don't attack people unless, like, I don't know, you're bobbing up and down and bleeding for <laughs> 10 hours.
1: Right. And there's nothing else around. You're the best of what's around. But are, the, are the ones in 47 meters down supposed to be great whites or what? They are great whites, yeah. That's stupid.
0: Right. And there's like 50 of them. It's like
1: gray- Maybe that's why we didn't talk about the 47 meters down. is because there's like a ton of great white sharks. And then it's...
0: And they have very little personality. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're not that scary either. They're more like animals. But because like the human drama is not that interesting, like neither is the shark drama.
0: I don't know. Were you freaked out by the sharks in open water?
1: I was freaked out by like what happens to this couple at the end. Because it's like a pretty weird like... They're unlikable people. And then by the end of it, they completely turn on each other. And then they basically go through the motions of the, Oh shit, Jack's frozen. I'm going to push him off the door, you know, but like in the meanest way possible, it's like, bye guy. Like you were a dick to me this whole day and you deserve to die. And then she like thinks about it for a little while where, while his body like bobs up and down and gets like eaten like piece by piece and she's just like, fuck it, and like takes off her little thing and I guess like gets herself eaten. Or what? I don't I know. I thought
0: she just died. I thought I thought she'd let herself sink.
1: What do you mean? You can do that?
0: She took off her scuba and, and life jacket and just whoop went right down.
1: And never came back. Murder up. suicide.
0: That's right. Suicide. Murder by, by shark. a
1: shark. <laughs> I wonder if anyone has ever done no, that. Murder
0: by Shark was the first guy. This was just suicide by Shark. Yeah. Has
1: anyone
0: ever wonder done that? I wonder if anyone that? just,
1: like, yeah, slather themselves in some, like, meat juice. They, like, chum themselves and, like, throw themselves in.
0: Oh, man. What
1: do you got in that big, smelly bucket? It's not chum, is it?
0: It,
1: it me. Um,
0: <laughs> anything else no. to say about open water?
1: It's just such a gimmick And like the old The old digital cameras Is like not That fun And like Their performances Are at moments Like pretty painful I mean I think It's like If you made this movie Chance And you showed it to me I'd be like Holy shit <laughs> man Like <laughs> That was awesome How'd you get that shark in there? Yeah how you get all those sharks in there? Like Was he really bleeding? You know, and I'd ask you all these questions and I'd be super impressed. And if we got the director on here, like, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, cool, man. But, like, as a movie compared to, like, a movie like other movies, like, it's a crappy digital, like, student production movie.
0: Right. And the graininess of the production value does not necessitate that, like, the framing also be bad, you know? Right.
1: And did you... I thought maybe it would get you the John Woo type, like, when they have a fight and then cuts to, like, water for a while, like, while they're taking a nap.
0: I would say that the the almost sickening drip, drip of the water represents impotence, as opposed to a giant wave hitting the shore, which represents uh, Sean Ambrose and Ethan Hunt. fucking. Yeah, I think this movie is bad, bad. It has an interesting reputation in my mind, because, like... Because it was made this way and it has this sort of like documentary like tilt to it. Um, but after watching it, like, no, no, thank it's, you. It's
1: amazing to me that I like knew that this movie existed after having seen it, you know.
0: Did it not come out like in the most perfect like sweet spot for you reading like newspaper movie reviews, though, 2003?
1: Oh, yeah. I was like super aware that this movie was out. I never saw it, though, when it was out. in the Right. Theaters. Same. I, but I vividly remember it being like. Best shark
0: movie since Jaws. Wait, that's not saying anything. I'm still going to file it in my memory forever.
1: Yeah. And I think ultimately too, like it needs to be a movie about this couple. And like, maybe it's about like one of them reveals, like, you know what? Like I did bring us out here to die, you know? <laughs> and that's like somewhat interesting other than like the, here's, char- here's two characters with no agency who get put into a situation that they Neither one of them is really responsible for And then they decide to not do anything And then they die
0: Let me pitch you an alternate movie Let's hear it Blanchard Ryan still plays Susan Because whatever The husband, Matthew Modine And then 80 minutes in he's just like Yeah, I'm sleeping with the enemy I brought you out here to kill you babe And then the last 20 minutes is like a fight Where they use the sharks as tools To get the other person
1: they just kind of like cut at each he other said, yeah, and get enough blood. No. Right. I think that they are a couple and they're in cahoots and they like have gone out there to stage their own murder. But like the Dotson or whatever never shows up to pick up them in the water. Right. And then they like slowly turn on each other.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, like we can he- make that movie. We both have iPhones. Let's fucking do it.
0: Yeah, it's like one twist of wild things is this movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you rate it? Are you giving it bad bad?
1: Yeah, it's another bad. All of these movies are bad bad. All
0: of them are bad. That's silly. I'm rev- I think the Meg is good bad. I think Forty Seven Minutes Down is bad good. I think this is bad
1: bad. That's you're entitled to your opinions, as wrong as they are. So Ch- I don't chance? think
0: we can oh. do this category a third time.
1: <laughs> I don't think I have the stamina.
0: Dude, Raptures of the Deep is our new show where we just watch movies about sea hubris.
1: With Matthew Modine.
0: Right. Thanks to Carolyn Moss for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, buddy, for doing another uh, another Shark podcast. Indeed. We're, we're into the hundreds now. You know, the, the shine of 100 is off, and now we're truly restarting. It's season now two. Now we're just...
1: Someone is not, someone has driven the boat away and it's you and me floating in the sea of 100 plus podcast episodes. And we're getting a l- we're just bickering a little.
0: Yep. And at what point do we find out that the podcast is just a means of faking our own death?
1: Uh, that's why I've been doing it. It's the long con.
0: realpodcast.com for all our past episodes. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. Rate the show. Please tell a friend. We th- we bet- I bet you have a friend who would tolerate this. <laughs> okay, my friend. Uh, you know I get s- I get stranded in a anti shark cage. Uh, with you anytime.
1: Yeah, I I would probably have pulled my mask off when I still had air left. You know, if we were caught in that situation together.
0: There's nobody I'd want to go check out my leg wound and tell me how bad it is <laughs> while I'm bleeding out. It's not
1: that bad. Oh yeah, still you still got sure? most of that leg?
0: I feel pretty lightheaded. Bye everyone.
1: Bye. Amity Island has long been known for its clean air, clear water, and beautiful white sand beaches. But in recent days, a cloud has appeared on the
2: horizon of this beautiful resort community. A cloud in the shape of a killer shark.